0: I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. And here's a guy that says if the web is clear,
1: can do. Can do. This, this is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to season six of the Can Do Horse Racing Podcast, where the heroes and history of horse racing come to life. Season six, and they said it would never last. So after beginning in the fall of 2018, here we are beginning season six in the year 2021. The hopefully better than can't be worse than can it, year of 2020. Speaking of beginnings in horse racing, in so many ways we can trace a good portion of our modern day history back to Sir Barton. Astute listeners of our podcast will recall that we began last season speaking with Jennifer Kelly, author of the illuminating book, Sir Barton and the Making of the Triple Crown. For filmmakers Jody Lamp and Melody Dobson, creators of the terrific documentary Born to Rain, that's R-E-I-N, Sir Barton was also the beginning. Reflecting their Plains and Mountain West State's upbringing, their interest in telling the story of Nebraska's, yes, Nebraska's, enduring influence on our sport, began with telling the story of how Sir Barton ended up buried in Douglas, Wyoming. Sir Barton's second career in the now-defunct U.S. Army Remount Service ended up spawning a second passion for marketing and communications experts Jody and Melody. That passion was focused, as I said a minute ago, on telling the stories of Nebraska's contributions to our great sport of horse racing. And what contributions they are. Legendary names, titans of our sport. John Nayrud, Marion and Jack Van Berg, who came from humble beginnings to the very pinnacles of this great game. We talked a lot about those giants and the giant footprints they've left on the history of our sport, but we also talked a lot about the art of birthing, nurturing, and growing a documentary film. No small effort indeed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this recounting of the journey of two filmmakers and the wonderful film and colorful times they brought to life. As I always am with any creative endeavor, I'm always fascinated by one simple question. What got you started on this effort? In Jody and Melody's cases, it was not just exploring the story of Sir Barton, it was a shared appreciation for their rich history of their ancestors and their homes.
0: Documentary film like this took a lot of research and a lot of planning. It wasn't something we thought of overnight. Actually, the seed of it started back in 2009. I was Just opening my public relations and marketing business, Melody and I didn't meet until 2012. But as I was three years into my business and when we did finally meet and start collaborating on a project, I told her at that time, I said, I have a horse story that needs to be told. But it needs to come out in 2019 because it'll be the 100-year anniversary of America's Triple Crown. So from the time that we started working together in 2012 on another documentary film, we were the national coordinators for the Great American Wheat Harvest. And I'll let Melody tell you a little bit about her background. I interject her own farming, ranching, agriculture background.
2: I think what is so um, uh, unique and important to the whole project was the fact that when Jody and I met and began collaborating in 2012, we had a lot of skill sets that complemented each other. And we um, had a, a really strong dedication to historic preservation. I think you have to have that as a fundamental baseline is that you appreciate history. And when you come from history, we both are granddaughters and great granddaughters of homesteaders. And myself, I come from a, a homesteading ranch in Northeastern Montana that is a uh, very successful today and continues. Uh, it's about 200 miles South of the Canadian border. And, um, Understanding what all takes place to make uh, to make one thing pass from one generation to the next generation is is a um a place, a common ground where Jody and I met, and then her sharing the information that she had already discovered about um the the um beginning. Beginning storyline for what became Born to Rain, it was just um, you know something that was between her and I. Just like we got to tell the story, the story's got to, this, this this has to be done. And so from that point, we go. You know, kudos for Jody for digging in, finding those nuggets at the very beginning, and then we purpose time. As we began collaborating um, as national directors on another project, we we would purpose time wherever we were at to to donate a focus of research, whether it be hi Miss Le- the librarian or historic preservation museum or whatever. We would spend time and just cultivate um, our the materials. Then we had to look at the timeline. So. So that's, that's probably the most important thing is that the baseline is that we um, are dedicated to historic preservation.
1: A couple of things you said resonated with me. Um, I have had the good fortune to travel all over the country um, at different times. And I'm always fascinated when you pass through some communities and you'll see, you know, such and such tiny museum you've never heard of, Next Ride or, you know you know on the road sign 3 miles away this museum um and and I always think to myself there's something there that was very important to people and still is very important to people for that to be there and you folks actually I think because of your roots your background were able to had the passion to dig in and find information and 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 the research you needed in those places that I always say not enough people visit because I think you can find Really interesting slices of history in those places.
2: Well, in the case of Born to Rain, you could put quotations around the words "untold" and "forgotten stories." That's why those folks that in those small museums—they're um, telling a story that should never be lost. And in the case of Born to Rain, many uh, have no idea of the um, events and and what taken place so to us we believe in here in the west this is an untold story
0: well think about this as you travel throughout the country how many people travel through wyoming drive right by douglas wyoming and you think america's first triple crown winner is buried in a park there and all of his all of his you know his sires his you know his his dam and all of those that lineage is all in Kentucky, so when you think of the West, you don't equate it to thoroughbreds unless you know the history of the u s army remount service and how the United States owned all these studs that one of them being Sir Barton, came out west to help rebuild the military, the Calvary. So what, that's how the Sir Barton story was discovered from my standpoint was when I realized where my office is located at Billings Livestock Commission and I wanted to read about the history of Billings Livestock. It's It coins its as America's largest monthly horse sale today. And I went to the library. There was no book. I didn't know, I couldn't find anything about the founder. I had to sit in the library, in the research room, in the archives, going through Microfish, going back through all the newspapers to find out how and when did this uh, iconic Western horse sale get started and it wasn't until I came across the grandson of the founder that he showed me one of the horse sale catalogs and listed on page 158 is a descendant of Sir Barton being sold in Billings, Montana. So (laughs) it's to me it was just completely fascinating that a thoroughbred America's first triple crown winner had a descendant. And so that really started the path to wanting to tell this story and bringing it to light in 2019. And like Melody just said, you have to have a timeline. And so when when do you come out with a story? You know, we wanted at times to shout this from the rooftop, but at the same time, you want to be strategic and involve people you don't want to forget anything or anyone that could be a integral part of the story so there there was no randomness to any of the research or anything that Melody and I put in to this project time and dime so Bill, it was you might all find it real
2: real interesting that in the process of of um, putting together the conceptualization of the um, how we were gonna do this, it was very, very important to vet the community leaders to make sure we weren't, you know, you know, do you really want this story told? Because, you know, there was a um, many programs. That were um, being created, that were legacy oriented, especially in western western Nebraska, and I think what Jody and I saw was that we could fill a need. the need was that there was nothing being discussed or implemented or interpreted about the story of John Nehru and his accomplishments. nothing you could you could search. You know, there's one little plaque in Grand Island, but you could search the archives and barely come up with anything of someone who made such a national impact. So from that standpoint, we took it to the leaders and said, you know, um, should we, you know, what, should we, could you help, what, what, what's our next step? And, and that, was, um, that was an enjoyable process too.
1: Any good idea, no matter how good, requires a plan. Imagine that.
0: I guess I say I'm I'm very contextual in nature and, and melody is very strategic. So as I said before, there was no randomness to any of the storylines. We purpose to make these connections from before Sir Barton was sold in Kentucky to to the last two triple crown winners that can be really through their bloodlines connected to John Nehruud through Tartan Farm.
1: Well, look, you know, plenty of people have great ideas, right? Um, it takes ideas. It takes an idea and a plan really to to come to fruition. And that's, that is much hey, rarer no. than just the idea, right?
2: <laughs>
0: Melody has a great thing. What do you, what do you say when somebody says, Hey, I have a great idea. What, it,
2: what do you say, Melody? imagine that. (laughs) Um, You you just go, you just gulp and you go, do you have any idea how much time it takes? But in this particular case, Jody has said it already, everything was very strategic.
1: It's an accepted, obvious truism that today's world is a very, very different place from even 30 years ago which is what makes it all the more important to tell the stories of what our world and our country was like 100 years ago and more. Jody and Melody's work really opens a window to a long-ago, long-lost world. One of the things I loved about the documentary was just the slices of Americana that came out that um, are just a world that doesn't exist anymore, right? The the, the county fair racing at Scot- Scotts Bluff County Fair and what that environment was mm-hmm. like and— Marion Van Berg having to walk horses 15 miles to the auction house and John Nehru kind of hoboing all over the country. Those are those are stories that I think, um, (laughs) you know, people of my age, uh, you know, can remember hearing about. Certainly didn't experience, you know, myself really, except maybe some fair racing in my hometown. But, um, you know, you you talked about stories that need to be told. That's that's. part and parcel of the history of this country, those types of events, those types Mm -hmm. of people. And and, uh, I love the fact that you brought those types of stories out for people to hear.
0: I think what I love the most about telling those kind of stories, Bill, was that they grew up, they were raised in the days. And I hope this never goes away, but you can kind of see it where hard work mattered, Mm -hmm. and their work ethic, you know, we... When we've gone to Kentucky and done the research and I slight no one that was born and raised on one of those beautiful, magnificent horse farms, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wish I could have been born and raised there too, (laughs) but, (laughs) but Marion and Jack and John were as far as removed from being born and raised on a horse farm as you could ever be. They everything that they they accomplished to from the place where they were born and raised to being inducted into the national horse racing museum and hall of fame in Saratoga Springs, New York. I mean, it was hard work right. dedication. And I think that's what we, what really resonated with us being born and raised where we have been in Western Nebraska and Montana and we can understand and appreciate what they accomplished because we've seen it ourselves. And I'm just so glad when people actually get recognized for their hard work and efforts. You know, there there is a lot of luck that goes into that, too. I'm not saying that they didn't put themselves at the right time in the right place, but that's kind of how we felt when we were making the film, too. We were at the right place at the right time, and the right people came forward and we I still pinch myself getting some of the interviews that we did.
2: and and the other thing, not only um, you know, maybe the national connections we were able to make, but when you talk about these gentlemen's hard work, you know, to sit down and have a coffee with um, a niece of John's on the family farm scenarios or uh, or uh, nephew Jack Vanberg in Columbus, Nebraska, who's still running what Jack helped his dad and his whole family get started. You know the the sales farm. You know to have coffee with them and and go. Well, you know these guys contributed t- to their family livelihoods, and then and it was just really nice to to make those connections too.
1: One of the challenges of telling a story in any creative endeavor is telling the story concisely and not getting off track with engaging, yet nevertheless diverting, storylines. Jody and Melody ended up with some help on that front from an unexpected corner.
0: The film, Born to Rain, we had so many opportunities to rabbit path. We could have taken, um, you know, we could have talked about the horses, talked about the tracks, talked about all the other people involved. Uh, You know, it was really, it was really challenging at times to not tell the full story of every person involved. So Melody was great as um, we were going through the script and I was, you know, spending, I always said, if my, I'm a, I'm an avid Husker fan. Okay. I graduated from University of Nebraska, Lincoln. So I was there in their heyday when they were actually doing great at football and and uh if they yes if they hadn't lost their first six games in 2018 was melody when i was writing Mm -hmm. the the chunk of the script that might the born to rain never would (laughs) have maybe never came to fruition (laughs) because i i watched my huskers on saturdays i said i'm not coming out of this office and 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 not stop writing until the Huskers win. So they lost their first six games that year, and um the film. so melody was great. Like there was so many things that we could have talked about, and you know, the documentary could have been hours long instead of just eighty six minutes. but um, i I there was parts of it in interviews that I just could not leave out because yeah. with Bill Mott and Bob Baffert, I said, like, what am I going to cut out? Where where am I going to yeah. cut any
2: anything out that they well, said about these gentlemen? Is, what we happened is, you know, our goal was to make it 54 minutes. And I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact Bill, that you enjoyed our 86 minutes because that's long. That's a lot of time to dedicate to watching so much information, but. We decided together, Jody, said, when we were editing things out, number one, I didn't want Jody to have a nervous breakdown. But at the same time, <laughs> we up. wanted you, the, the folks that love the story and love the, these, these folks, to hear the whole story. Yeah. So yeah. we went ahead and made the financial commitment and our editors and our team here that worked with us I kinda of thought we were crazy, but we said we have to tell the whole story. And if it goes to ninety minutes, eighty six we're gonna we're gonna do it. And um, the number eighty six, you know, right under ninety minutes came in so we could do it on PBS stations and that. But
1: oh, perfect. but
2: we feel like we could yeah. edit down so that's why it's that long.
1: I'm not going to spoil the whole story for you. You are going to have to buy the DVD. I'll just say you can thank Jody, Melody, and the Can Do podcast if you ever end up on Jeopardy, and the answer is Scottish Chieftain. Who is, well, like I said, I'm not going to spoil the whole story for you. There is a clear pride of place in this tribute to the lands Jody and Melody call home. That shared love of the land and its people comes through loud and clear in this film. I think if you would ask most people who are from, like, the East Coast or the West Coast, and I'm from the East Coast myself, uh, I know I have been to Nebraska, uh, but I've driven from Omaha to Lincoln, and if you would ask me about the geography of the state, I would have said it's miles and miles of waving wheat, right? Um, First of all, Mm -hmm. that's wrong, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, we (laughs) talked about the other day. Second of all, the, the geography really... And the landscape shaped them as 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 well, right? I think that's fair to say.
0: Absolutely, they were as much as the state as the state, you know, came with them wherever they went, you know. And I think that's what that no nonsense, you know, you got that from the film. We wanted to portray them. They were business people, but they were workers there was no job below them you know once they i think it was explained by even Dwayne lucas with john you know he did it all Mm -hmm. from being a hot walker to being the co-founder of the breeder's cup you know you have that's why i say there was no silver spoon um when they were born they 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 learned from the ground up and that's what I think when you talk with people from Nebraska or Montana, you you really do get that. I I'm very proud from being from the Midwest, we say, you know, the heartland. And you will still find those people, those kind of people where they were born and raised. You will still find those mm. those hard working people.
1: In fact, Mr. Nehru and, and, and Marion Van Berg, uh, they actually they're familiarity with horses their experiences with horses started really with with work horses not with not with race horses right they you know to your point this is a hard working agricultural community and they started with work horses that's what it was all about
0: these are real people with you know just humble backgrounds and doing really big stuff and i think I think people like that, we kind of gravitate towards each other and, and know that we we can accomplish a lot when we set our minds to it.
1: As challenging and undertaking a major effort like making a documentary is, Jody and Melody nevertheless let themselves be guided by some words of wisdom I had never heard before but have found myself moved by since.
0: God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called.
1: It's a story about a slice of Americana, a story about their love of their land and its people, and it's a story about some of the legendary names to grace our sport, John Neyrood, Marion Van Berg, and Jack Van Berg. We'll be back next week with more from Jody Lamp and Melody Dobson, the creators of Born Terrain, a remarkable look back at some not-to-be-forgotten history of our sport.